Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. I am Chris Gickler, your host. The information provided in this podcast should be considered informational only and not be taken for legal, tax, or specific financial advice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and or their guests only. Welcome, everybody, back to Top Shelf Talks. I'm Chris Gickler, your host. And this is a continuation of our financial series with my good friend, Tom Costantiello with Consus Wealth Management. How are you doing today, Tom? Doing great, Chris. So here recently, our recording here is on uh, September the 20th of 2022. We've seen a lot of indices out of the Fed. Fed's raised interest rates a couple of times here this year. They're poised to probably raise it one or two more times before the end of the year. And I'm sure a lot of your clients have been calling you looking for advice, looking for where to hide their money or put their money to work through these times. Basically, I've heard a lot of folks talking about the big R word, the recession. A lot of folks, it sounds scary to them. Uh, I'm not so scared of it. We've lived through several recessions in my lifetime. For our audience, kind of outline the difference between what a bear market is and what an actual recession is. Bear market is typically when the indices are down 20% from their highs. And I believe that the NASDAQ and S&P 500 are clearly in, in bear market territory. I think the Dow's on the cusp. It's almost there, if not crossed over recently. So once again, a bear market is when the stock markets, the indices, are down 20% or more from their all-time highs, which would have been back in November of 2021. A recession, on the other hand, is a slowdown in the economy seeing things start to contract or slow down. Today, interestingly enough, new housing permit permits have gone down quite a bit, I think over 10%. That's showing a slowdown in the economy. The true definition of a recession is when you see two quarters of contraction, so no growth. In other words, the economy, uh, the numbers seem to be slowing down. And currently, we are seeing that. So we're, we're Based upon the last two quarters in a recession, based upon the indices being 20% down from their high, the markets are in a bear market. In our last episode, we talked a lot about inflation and what the Fed was doing to curb inflation. What is the correlation between inflation and a recession, or is there any? It's a phenomenal question and really hard to answer. Inflation obviously is the rising price, you know, the rising costs of goods and services. Sometimes though, inflation or prices go up due to supply and demand, right? So we, we did have, if we have a shrinking supply and increased demand, that pushes, you know, pressure on prices, rises prices. You know, they're kind of not necessarily intertwined. The thing with the recession though, is a slowdown in the economy, which means a slowdown in purchasing of goods or shrinking the the demand, which then increases the supply, which then you know brings down the price. How can you do that? There's a couple ways we can bring prices down. One is increase the supply. Or what the Fed is trying to do with raising rates is decrease the demand. And by raising interest rates, they're hoping to slow down the economy, slow down spending, which will shrink the demand, which should lower prices, which in all theory would put us in a recession. Your clients have been reaching out to you, I'm sure, going, hey, my portfolio is down X percent. 
what do I do? I think with this recession coming, which all indications are we're going to head toward that way officially, what are you telling your clients? I'm listening to a cast about a few days ago, and a lot of these big brokerage firms, I'm not going to name any because I can't, but they're telling their clients, hang on tight, you'll be okay. Are you sending the same message as that? I mean, hang on tight. I, that doesn't make me feel very good when I'm on this roller coaster ride like we've been. What are you telling your clients? Well, you know, we, we pride ourselves in being proactive. And if you're a client of ours, we like to do an annual review. And we, this year we started the review process uh, back in January. So we've really been out in front of this whole thing and making adjustments as we go. I think, you know, if you've got a, a financial advisor, they should be listening to you and making adjustments to your plan. And especially when we have market conditions like this, there is some dissatisfaction out there with people being told what you're being told, just hang on, hang on, hang on. But you know, that, then that may be the right answer. It's not addressing the client's concern. You know, some of the things that the, the, there are certain tactics we could put in place and those are, you know, and that depending on each client, in each unique situation, you know, we are, you know, putting that particular strategy or tactic in place. So with interest rates going up, short-term interest rates are going up and we saw the inverted curve, right? And the yield, the yield curve everybody's been talking about, which is where the two-year inverts and pays higher percentage than the 10-year, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And that's typically a sign of a, a recession to come. And what's interesting, I believe it was August 19th, we had saw we saw the highest spread between the two ever in in history, and it was uh, 50 basis points, 0 0.50, which is a half a percent. Prior to that, in October of 07, it was 0.49. Whenever we've seen that or seen that level, generally the market goes down or sells off about 10 percent, and I think we're right about there at this point in time. Inverted yield curve is usually not a good sign for, you know, future growth. Now that the interest rates are up, you know, uh, I guess banks are paying more for CDs, U.S. bond. I saw the U.S. bond was paying the highest yield I'd seen in probably a couple of years. Wouldn't it be just the smart thing to do and move all your money to cash or move all your money to some type of government type back security where you can just ride the storm out? Or is there better strategies to that than just putting all the money on the sidelines and, and riding the storm? A uh, great question. And it boils down to your time frame. I think if you are a younger investor and you've got 10 years or more, you probably don't have to worry about that as much. If you are planning on retiring, maybe in the next three to five years, would make sense to look at some alternative strategies to protect you from a potential recession or, you know, a 73-74 scenario. 73, the market was down 18%. We had a lot of stagflation, kind of like what we have today. And then in 74, the market was down 30%. That's currently our fear is certainly we don't want that to happen, but we are looking at strategies to address that so that if we do see a scenario like that. We can preserve some capital. But if we're wrong and the market goes up, we can still participate in some gains. And one of those strategies I know you and I have been kicking around for a while is we call dollar cost average into the market. Now, normally for somebody that is in their 20s or 30s, they are putting money into their 401k, their employer-sponsored programs, or even outside that. They just kind of do it by habit, which would be put money in every time you get paid dollar cost averaging in. With that in mind, are you 
giving your clients advice to maybe start looking at selling some assets off and then dollar cost averaging in? Or are you looking at some other strategies or a combination of those strategies? Yeah, it's a case by case scenario, depending on the client, depending on their time horizon, depending on their risk tolerance, and basically their, their needed rate of return. But we essentially have three strategies we're, we're putting into place right now. The first strategy, I actually used this in January of 2008, really was the only tool I had available at the time. We saw an inverted yield curve in October of 2007. I made the decision to move our clients' monies to the money market, so 100% we moved to cash. But not knowing if the market would do poorly or not, then began dollar cost averaging. So for example, if you had $12,000, in your investment, we moved it to cash in January. February, we put in $1,000. In March, we put in another 1,000. In April, another 1,000. So then over the next 12 months, by the end of 12 months, you were back in the market 100%. In 2008, that strategy lost 20% versus the stock market, the S&P 500, lost almost 40%. But what's interesting, because we were able to limit some of that downside or limit some of that loss, the following year, we outpaced the market 36% and the market was up 26%. The big difference is this. If you had $100,000 with us in 2008, by the end of 2009, you had 109000 The same 100000 invested in the S&P 500 was only worth 75000 at the end of 2009. So that's one of the strategies we're doing. With the market being already down, like I said, we're recording this in mid-September, with the market already being down around 20%, we were talking earlier in the bear market, are you still advising your clients to to make that move now? Or the, the hang on and ride just doesn't get it from Well, we actually implemented that strategy back in April of this year for a lot of our clients. And as I said before, we're proactive. So we began our annual review process for clients January of this year. And so, like I said, you know, depending on each client and their situation and the particular, you know, investment they had, we, we did put this dollar cost averaging in place for a lot of our clients back in April. If you're coming to the dance today, what do you do? I guess it depends. Once again, you know, what does your financial plan say? What kind of adjustments are needed. Do you think the market's going to go substantially lower from here? If you think the market's going to go lower and you've already you're already at your risk level, well, it may make sense to make some changes. Are there any other I'm not going to say products, so we don't like to talk about products here, but are there any other strategies that you're seeing you're implementing or some of your colleagues are implementing that may help mitigate some short-term losses here? but also not completely restrict your, your upside. Let me give you the three strategies, I guess, that we're kind of implementing. Well, one is, you know, the old fashioned dollar cost average. So move to cash and start filtering the money back in over the next 12 to 15 months. And that's, you know, really if you're short term in the market, I think if you're longer term, 10 years or more, but you're worried about, you know, losing more money, a good strategy is to move 50%, leave 50% invested and move 50% to the money market and dollar cost that average over the next 12 or 15 months. Third strategy, which is something we're using, it's relatively new in the last couple of years. They're called buffered ETFs. So an ETF is an exchange traded fund. It trades like a stock. It trades on the, the stock market. What these things will do is they will buffer a certain amount of loss, sort of like a shock absorber. The particular one we're using now uh, has a buffer of 20%. If the market went down 20%, they would cover the first 20% of that loss. For example, the market's down 15, you don't lose anything. The market's down 20, you don't lose anything. The market's down 25, 
you lose five. There's no such thing as a free lunch and they're not going to cover the downside just to be nice. The trade-off is limiting your upside or what they call a cap. So it's important when you look at a buffered ETF to understand what the cap, the maximum gain you can get from that ETF. This particular fund that we're using has a cap rate of 6.8%. This means is if the market does 5%, you'll get five. If the market does 10%, you're going to get 6.8. The market is 20, you're going to get 6.8. But if the market goes down 20, you're not going to lose. And that's in an ETF. It's a buffered ETF. Wow. And that is something we've been moving a lot of our clients' monies into and using those over bonds. I mean, bonds, for the first time really since 1939, if you look at long-term government bonds, they're down 20%. Right. year to date. And what's the upside? We don't know if the Fed continues to raise rates, there doesn't look like there's going to be much upside for a very long time. But this is a great strategy, maybe for your bond money. But what's interesting with the Fed raising interest rates, the particular fund companies are able to hedge the portfolios more because interest rates are higher, they can buy more options, projecting a cap rate for this portfolio that we're using in October to be double digits, somewhere in the 10 to 12%. So once again, let's just say it's 10%. If the market's up 10, you're going to get 10. If the market's up five, you're going to get five. If the market's up 15, you're going to get 10. But if the market is down 20% next year, you're not going to have a loss. And if we end up in a 73, 74 scenario, which you were down 18 in 1973, well, here we are down 18%. In 2022, 74, the market was down 30. If you had this buffered strategy this year, you wouldn't have any losses for part of your portfolio. And next year, we could protect at least a 20% loss, which is huge because in these times, it's very important to make sure you've got some strategies that's, that are going to preserve some capital. Well, to wrap things up again, Tom, you're a certified fiduciary. Uh, in Worthington, Ohio, and how do folks get a hold of you if they're just losing sleep or uncertain about these times or they just want to kind of talk things over? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, give us a call, 614-310-0269. That's 614-310-0269. I'm at Extension 1. You can leave a message or you may get my associate, Gavin. Happy to talk to you, see what we might be able to do, offer you a a friendly second opinion. But I would encourage you, if you have these questions, go to your financial advisor if you have one. If you don't, give us a call. We pride ourselves in planning, analyzing that plan. When you have those speed bumps in the road, let's run different scenarios. Let's let's see what adjustments and modifications need to be made. Do we plan on being in a buffered strategy or defensive strategy forever? No. Our hope is if wrong, you still might make 10% on your money. You know, and you could take the worry of not losing 20%, should we be right? If we're right, we hope to preserve capital and move out of that hedge position and buy some stuff that's way down to ride the recovery. That's what we're trying to do here. We'll see if, if we're successful. I think it's still better than holding on tight. I don't think that advice right now is what... Go back 20 years ago when that 60-40 portfolio was sort of the standard. Yeah, but today there's so many more tools available so many more different investment options that really give you an advantage if you have a proactive approach. And that's what we try to bring to the table. Until next time, Tom, I appreciate it. We will chat later. As always, Chris, thank you for having us on and uh, appreciate the work you're doing.